Well, about four years ago, I finally came out with the story and, and went ahead and shared my crash. It was hard, but back when we had the conferences pre-COVID, we had lots of national conferences. And if I was keynoting, I finally got to the point where I would share my crash and then talk to them about their self-care. And the amount of people that would come up to me and say, thank you, I'm right on the cup right now. Helped me understand that even though it was uncomfortable for me to talk about it, that it was necessary. And so I talk about that a lot now. Welcome to the Society's Child Podcast, where we have real conversations about being a trauma responsive educator in the midst of a significant mental health crisis. Hi, I'm Trish Senzak, a former educator, compassion advocate, and Jesus lover. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Are you feeling confuzzled about your students' behavior and needs? You're not alone. If trauma-informed strategies leave you wondering, what's next? Don't worry. My friend, I've been there too. As a foster mom and a child of complex trauma mixed with my experience as a teacher, it's led me to finding a compassionate, whole child approach that's evidence-based, practical, and transformational, and I'm so eager to share it with you. Whether you want to connect with your students on a deeper level, create a trauma-sensitive environment, or you just need a little bit of encouragement or support, you're in the right place. So grab a drink, a pen, or your earbuds, and let's work together to create a safe and student-attuned trauma-responsive school culture. Society's children need you, so let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back. I hope that you have been enjoying all of the conversation that I've had with Jim Sporleader. And if you've not had a chance to listen, go back to the last episodes because this is part three. All of what he has offered has been incredible. So I hope that you find this helpful. Today, I want you to listen for the hope he offers. And also for those of us who are just all encompassed in our jobs, He encourages us with a little bit of wisdom on how we can find balance as we do our jobs on our campuses. I hope this encourages you, my friends. So let's get right to part three of this interview. What hope would you offer those of us who are still trying to implement it, administrators that are in the thick of it? Well, in in our system, you know, when we have really difficult kids, we we tend to write them off and say that they're not going to turn out. We, We do that all the time. And we'll, and we'll do it when they're in middle school. If they're on a bad track, they'll never make it. Because of my age and, and all, my Lincoln kids have gone through the, the ACEs research in that the brain continues to develop up to age 25. My kids are in their early 30s. And to see how many of my kids that maybe weren't making real positive choices, I keep all of a sudden, there's this click and they make a 180 and they come to the understanding this isn't the direction I want to go and now they're on a, they're on the right track mm. and it's just it's so beautiful to see that and to understand you never write a kid off I've got three boys that they're in some pretty heavy duty stuff they all went to prison during prison they made the decision we're not coming back they've been out I think four years now maybe five they got the, they have their own little families and they preach sobriety on their their Facebook. Mm. Or if they know someone's going through a bad time, they'll say, Hit me up, you know, we need to talk. Mm. And, and uh, that, that that brain development is so true time. But I do have a cute story in that I, I hired 
two of my kids run my website. I have no computer skills whatsoever. I was paying them 200 bucks a month, and and then we would meet for breakfast every so often, and it was so much fun. Just, I be honest with you, I could I could have cared less about the website, but but they would tell me, Jim, you need to do this and this to draw more traffic and what have you. And and then one breakfast they said, uh, hey, you know how you pay us to do your website? And I said, yeah, I said I enjoy doing that. They said, well. We've been studying about investments. We have $4,000 in the bank. I said, how, how could you get $4,000 in the bank? Well, we're, we're investing in things. Mm. $4,000 went to $10,000, went to fifteen, and they started a cookie business. Wow. As they're getting their computer science degree. And the, they, they built a cart that they could drive wherever. And uh, Walla Walla's... A wine dynasty. The wineries were inviting their cookie cart out when they brought food trucks out for special events. It's such a cool story. The, the cookie business was so busy that they're having a. It was getting in the way of them finishing up on their degrees, so they they've kind of closed it down a little bit so they can get their degrees taken care of. Which again, they're very very close. Here's two kids, family backgrounds, drug addiction, and what have you, and they wanted a new path. That's awesome. No matter how difficult it seems right now, and these kids that are sitting in front of you, that it seems hopeless, there's always a chance that they can turn around. And if we just stay the course and we keep at it, it's going to turn out into, you know, beautiful things when we can look back. And I love how you're able to kind of look at these kids and go, you know what? It was difficult back then, but look at where they are now and look at what they're doing. They're making great decisions. They, to even pull back on your business to focus on your education for kids that are coming through that, I think that's remarkable. And um, it's a caring adult in their life who's consistent with them. And I'm so glad that you were there for them. I think they're blessed to have you. And I think it's super cool that we get to relish in that story. And for those of us who are sitting here on the side of it that it's not so hopeful right now, to be able to see that hope is it's such a blessing and that's a moment of gratitude so i appreciate you sharing that that's awesome so let's think about this from an administrator's point of view and the day in and day out especially for administrators who are in really tough schools dealing with a lot of kids when you were speaking a minute ago i was picturing some administrators who have what we would call the repeat offenders in their office and at the end of the day some of these administrators and principals are going home with heavy hearts and a lot of angst in their mind and so much just bothering them and it's a lot to take home in addition to what's going on with teachers and staff and resistance or whatever what would you say to an administrator in terms of their own self-care or their own balance or trying to balance this and come to a place of being able to show up and have all that energy to give, but also have the energy to go home and be with family and balance that out? Uh, That's a great question. and uh, I didn't handle it well myself. So everything was for my kids. I justified my stress that my kids came first. I love my staff. I try to take as much out of their their pockets so that they could still keep building the relationships. Even though we were doing incredible things, I was incredibly stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't necessarily show it 
at the same time, especially my last year, at the same time our state passed legislation on the graduation requirements, which was the most punitive graduation requirement in the entire nation. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to take on our legislators. It was it was immoral what they did. They kept it so quiet. I was doing everything I could from Walla Walla to try to engage with representatives in Olympia. I even got, I even got nasty on Twitter. Uh, I was so angry at what they were doing and and how they were sneaking it through. They passed it in in six years before they finally corrected it, thousands of kids were denied their diploma because they didn't pass one of the state tests, but they completed every every other thing that we would have asked them. So I had that stress at the same time. You know, in the last year, my wife would call me and say, honey, you've got to come home. And I, I literally was lost track of time. I mean, I'd say, well, what time is it? Six o'clock at 6.30 or and I'd go home and eat, and then I'd get right on the computer and, and start fight, trying to fight the legislators or try to make it find keep what I thought or who were recommended to me as key people to contact to try to break this thing open to the public as to what was happening. I actually did that six days a week, hours and hours. It caught up to me, and I had a film in the building, and, and, and you would think that that, and people go, oh, you had a, your, your high school got filmed. There was a lot of stress around that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have to be honest and say I, 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 my, my self-care, kind of a strong athletic background, and I was raised, if you got knocked down, you got back up quicker than the person that knocked you down. And, and I always had that kind of that mentality that, yeah, I'm stressed, but if you knock me down, you, you can't keep me down. I'm going to be back up. And... Uh, but my stress was at the point that it, I could tell I was not doing well. I even prayed before we went on our family vacation. If God could get me through that family vacation, that I would go to the doctors when I got back, oh. which I, I know in my mind I probably wouldn't have. I, I ended up crashing on vacation with my family. And the entire family was there when I, I crashed. Scared them to death. Had to be taken by ambulance 17 miles. And so when I had to do the follow-up with my own doctor, my doctor says, bring your wife with you, which was a little humiliating for me. But I took my wife into the appointment with me and my doctor, who I've had forever, said, um, Jim, uh, I don't want to hear from you. Mm. You'll tell me what I want to hear or what you want me to hear. <laughs> he goes, I want to talk to Jill because she'll tell me what I need to hear. And he just said, I read the report. I don't think Jim's ready to go back to school. My wife said, he's not. He hasn't been doing well for a long time. I just jumped and you know, no way. You know, I'm fine. And, and he, he says, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> so anyway, he, he put, put me out for six weeks for medical leave. I didn't get to go back the first day. And I'm telling you, the pain of not being able to see my kids, my anger, which was always my coping skill. I mean, I even told my wife, I said, I said, honey, they might have put me on a six week leave but watch me i'll be i'm gonna be back before then it's the first time in my life that uh, i got knocked down and couldn't get up so mm-hmm. every, every time i got angry i just crashed again and i did that over and over and over again to where finally my doctor uh 
brought Joe and I in, and he just said, do you want to live or die? At that point in time, he just he said, I think you need to take a medical retirement. That's what we did. At that time, I, I'd been out for six months already, mm. and I knew I wasn't getting better. The powerful piece is how God works. And uh, I had a mentor, and he walked with me through this, that whole journey, and he taught me to be grateful in all things. If you've been brought up in the church, you've heard that all, all your life, but I, I was never grateful when I had to go through trials. But I finally, finally got to the place to my loving wife helped me as well, because I finally said, I'm grateful that I crashed. I don't know what's in front of me, but I, I know God has a plan, but I didn't know what it was. Mm. And uh, once I came to that point, three weeks after that, a donor sent a check to cover my salary for three years. Wow. And so my first year, I got to do ACE training in Walla Walla with the schools. And then I started getting calls from out of state. And then the second year, I was on the road constantly. And uh, in fact, after the second year, I got a hold of the donor and said, I don't need the income anymore. I'm doing fine. You know, for about seven years, I was traveling about 100,000 miles a year. And so who would have known God would provide, right? Wow. Well, not only provide, but who would have known that I, that I would have met, that I would have the opportunity to help other schools with the implementation of a, a trauma-responsive approach. So if you could give recommendations, it sounds like you had a pretty bad crash. All evidence points to there needs to be balance. In hindsight, what do you think you would do differently? What would you recommend that someone really adopt in their personal care in order to keep that crash from happening? Well, about four years ago, I finally came out with the story and, and went ahead and shared my crash. It was hard, but back when we had the conferences pre-COVID, we had lots of national conferences. And if I was keynoting, I finally got to the point where I would share my crash and then talk to them about their self-care. And the amount of people that would come up to me and say, thank you, I'm right on the cup right now, helped me understand that even though it was uncomfortable for me to talk about it, that it was necessary. And so I talk about that a lot now. I talk about gratitude and uh, balance. I was 265 pounds, and uh, once, once I accepted gratitude, the other piece of that is to balance it with something else, which for me was exercise, and I lost, I lost uh, 55 pounds, got a lot healthier, and I got into walking big time, and that's where I would express my gratitude when I was out walking. The healing was incredible. But I think when you get into self-care, we can share it when it's really tough as to who will accept it and apply it because I have to look at myself and say, if you would have talked about self-care with me, I would have told you I got it taken care of because you can't, you can't <laughs> knock me down, right? Right. And most of us who are driven to be at the top like that and to keep going, especially when we're fighting for kids, we always think. You justify your stress <laughs> yes, because you it's do. for the kids. Yes, you so. do. But I hope that anybody that's listening to this will, you know, maybe if they're going through something and they know, and I mean, you knew, like you said, you knew that you, if you just get me through this vacation, you knew there was something going on. If there's someone listening that's in that situation, let's just pray that God's knocking on their heart 
and that they will realize they've got to, before they crash, they've got to find what works for them for their self-care and their balance. We need those people around to be able to continue to implement this and to continue to bring this movement across different campuses. So the last thing we need is for people to be exiting in a crash. We need their energy. So this is an urgent call to those who have this calling to really work on your self-care so that it's you're here for the kids in the long run. And I hope that's what people are taking out of this. So I really appreciate you sharing your story because I didn't know that part. One last question before we kind of go, um, or really kind of two questions. What areas do you think get overlooked when we're trying to implement this, this across the board? There's always some of those areas that you're like, oh man, we probably should have put more emphasis there. or Maybe we didn't think about that. Are there anything like that that you could share with us that administrators probably need to be making sure they're checking into? I would say pre-COVID, we had a, we had a great momentum going nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that's one of the, one of the blessings I've had in my journey is I've been able to keep a, an awareness of the pulse of a movement. And after COVID hit, the stress, I don't think teachers or administrators have been under that kind of stress in our history, but more, even more so the stress that was put on our kids to be pulled away from that caring adult for almost two years. Now that we're in post-COVID, our kids came back, their behaviors were just so extreme, worse than we've ever seen because of the stress that our educators have gone through. People really fell back into a, a very traditional mindset mm. and so it, it's get these kids out of here it, it, it's been hard it's been heartbreaking i'm ju- it's just now picking up traction again i mean i i, I trained 58 schools in indianapolis and our top district that was shown incredible growth post-covid wouldn't even couldn't commit to any trainings at all Monday, I'm flying back to Indianapolis, and we're educators are now starting to say we got we need help. Well, I am so grateful for the time that you've spent with us, and I have a feeling that this is going to turn into more than a, one episode, maybe two, uh, maybe even snippets all along the way. So, what you have shared with us today is it's gold. It's um, it's information that's hopeful and helpful. And I'm eager to um, share it with people so that hopefully they can learn some things too. So thank you and keep doing what you're doing. And we're cheering you on as you go forth and continue to do your speaking and spreading the message out there. So thank you for being here with us today. I'm very grateful. Thank you very much. Thank you, Trisha. And thanks for the work that you're doing as well. So if you've not had a chance to watch the Paper Tigers documentary, about Jim Sporleader and his school, I'd recommend you go back and check it out and watch it. It's truly inspiring. And it really gives us the hope and the possibility of that, that this work can really be done. If you're looking for ways to build more peace in your career, I've created a list of 75 affirmations based on 25 Bible scriptures. And I'd love to share it with you and help you keep your sanity. You can go to trishz.com forward slash Bible dash AFS, that's A-F-F-S, for affirmations. I'll also leave the link in the show notes for you, too. Until next time, my friend, stay grounded, stay regulated, and stay prayed up. 
Hey, amazing educators. Thanks for tuning in. If you found this episode helpful, I'd love for you to hit subscribe and leave a review. Even better, share this episode with a colleague. And hey, I'd love to connect with you on social media. You can even join my Facebook group for some extra support and a dash of inspiration. I've left all the links in the show notes. Until next time, my friend, remember, you're not alone on this journey. You've got this. Keep making a difference and stay teach-tastic.